right, welcome everybody. I'm here with Neil today. Hi guys. And we are going to talk about baby Harry's birth story. And I don't know about you, but every time I've been pregnant, and even when I'm not pregnant, I love a good birth story. And so we thought it would be fun to share his story and then also just share some details of what a C-section birth is like because this was my fourth C-section. And I've gotten a lot of questions in the past about why I have C-sections. It seems like anytime that comes up on Instagram, I get a bunch of follow-up DMs where people are asking me, why do you have C-sections? So our first daughter, Annabelle, true to her personality, was breech. So we ended up having to have a C-section with her. And then I just really, with each of my subsequent pregnancies, I just felt more comfortable with a repeat C-section than doing a VBAC. And that's a super personal decision. Um, For me, I'm actually really glad now that I didn't go for a VBAC just because with each of these pregnancies, I also have not dilated ever. So, and you can't be induced if you've had a C-section. There's all kinds of like different rules if you're dealing with a woman who's had a C-section before. So that's always just felt right in my gut. And we're just kind of that type of people, like a go with your gut kind of couple, I guess. No, I would would agree. So that's just kind of what we've gone with. and, And we've had really good experiences. I will add this though, as a side note, and I put up a little Instagram story right before Harry was born about how grateful I was, or I am, that I have a doctor who I'm totally confident in and that I absolutely love. And she's done the last two deliveries for us, Millie and then Harry. With Lila, I had a doctor who made me really nervous. And it just was her, I don't know if it was her style or her personality. Um, I, Maybe you can chime in, Neil, on what, you're, what you think it was. But no matter, it just, the day of, Lila's delivery, I was so nervous about something going wrong because I just didn't have a lot of confidence in that doctor. And my little, so my little Instagram message there was just that every woman deserves to have a doctor that she feels very confident in if you're going into a delivery. And so I was super grateful that going into this delivery with Harry, I knew what to expect. I had delivered with the same doctor before and I would say it went even better than any of the others previously. It was like the best delivery we've ever had. So let's just go back to about a week before he was born. Everything had gone pretty well with this pregnancy, but maybe like a week and a half before I started having contractions. Yeah, and which I, is normal. I mean, I think a lot of times that's that's happened to you in a few. Yeah. With the, well, few with babies. Millie. Yeah, Millie came a little early because I started contracting with her. But with Harry, about a week and a half before, I started having contractions that weren't super close together, but they were pretty uh, consistent. And they were just, they were coming sometimes at like 10 minutes apart, sometimes 15 minutes apart, but they were, they just became increasingly more uncomfortable. And so the Thursday before, so like a week before Harry was born, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was having contractions that were so uncomfortable that Neil woke up too because I was just, you know, moving around, couldn't breathe. (laughs) Just you seemed so miserable and I felt so bad. Yeah. And we just both felt like I think we should go in. So we went in to check, um, 
check on, you know, what was going on with baby. And ultimately I got sent home and I was so frustrated by that because I felt like, oh my gosh, I should know better. This is my fourth baby. Um, but we showed up too. And the, I, I kind of knew the moment that we got there that we were going to get sent home because the nurses were like, oh, who's on call tonight? And they said the name of the doctor. And someone said, oh, yeah, she's already got a 7 a.m. section. And then someone said, oh, yeah, she actually has two scheduled already for this morning. And I thought, there's no way this doctor's going to also take me unless, like, my water breaks yeah. or something. And it wasn't our your typical doctor. It wasn't so my I, doctor. I think if she had been on call, then it might have gone differently. It may have been different, Yeah. But uh, they hooked me up to the monitors. I was contracting, but not close enough together. And I was not dilated. And I told them even before they checked me, I said, you can check me, but I won't be dilated. I never am. And which was the case. So they sent me home. And that was on Thursday night. And then I saw my doctor on Monday and I told her, I've been nervous all weekend long. I keep contracting. It's super uncomfortable. So she sent me home with some medication that would make me more comfortable through the contractions that would kind of slow those down if possible. And that made me feel better. I definitely felt a lot of relief with those, with that medication. And then and then I got kind of nervous because Lila's birthday was on Thursday, May 7th. And then we were scheduled for a C-section on Friday, May 8th. And so once I got past Monday... I didn't want to have Harry before then because I knew that if I went into labor on Tuesday or Wednesday, I was going to miss Lila's birthday. And I didn't want to miss her birthday. I was super nervous about that. So then I really started like, okay, I'm going to lie down. I'm going to do as little as possible. Um, And because this baby was born in the midst of all this COVID-19 craziness, uh, I saw my doctor Monday morning and Monday afternoon, I got a call from her office that said, you need to go get tested for COVID-19, which I... Which was a joy. I was like, what? <laughs> she didn't tell me that. And so I, I wasn't super excited about that. And I said, do I have to do this? We had been hardcore social distancing. We hadn't been around anybody, hadn't gone anywhere, had nobody over at our house for weeks and weeks. It had been like seven weeks since we had gone anywhere or seen anyone. And they said, yeah, you have to. So the next morning they called again and said, here's here's where we need you to schedule this test. You have to get it done today if you want your C-section on Friday. So I was like in tears and super nervous about it. I have kind of this like weird phobia of anything going in my nose. And that's because when I was a kid, I had a procedure where they had to like put this thing in my nose, down my throat and all the way into like my intestinal tract to see what was going on with, I had some like gastrointestinal issues when I was a kid. So, and that was so traumatic for me. I still remember like laying on this table bawling while they were doing that to me. And so even like a nasal spray, I hate so I didn't know any of this about you. You didn't? Fun fact. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Learn something new every I day. I thought you knew this. No. Oh, yeah. Like, every year I get in an argument with my dad about how he's how my allergies are so bad. And he's like, if you would just take Afrin or whatever it is. I don't know what it's called. But, like, the no- Some nasal, nasal spray. spray something. Like, if you would just not be stubborn and take it. And I'm like, Dad, I can't have things up my nose. Like, I'm such a weirdo about it. So I was extra just you know, pregnant, hormonal. And then like someone's telling me they're going to shove this thing up my nose that, and I had seen videos like on social media of people getting that test done. And it looked so horrific that I was instantly just 
paralyzed with fear. But interestingly, this was kind of a sweet little tender mercy. So that morning, my friend Brooke White, who we had recorded a podcast episode with several weeks before, she got back on social media. She had taken like a a good long social media break and she got back on and she shared about the podcast and it just caused me to think, oh, I should turn that on and just distract myself and listen to it while I'm getting ready and listen to it while I'm driving to go get this test done. So I listened back to her episode, which is such a beautiful episode, all about how she let God totally lead her to trying out for American Idol and that whole experience. And she talked about how she and I had this really special moment connecting over the song Let It Be, which she had sung in one of her episodes of American Idol. So I listened to that whole podcast episode and it just totally uplifted me. It just made me feel like, okay, I can do this. And I turned on the song Let It Be and listened to it on my way there. And then I just felt like, seriously felt like angels just handpicked this person that did this COVID-19 test for me, which I know sounds probably so silly, but this woman who did my test was so gentle and she was like, I don't know what everyone's complaining about. I haven't had a single person complain who I've given this test to. And I've, you know, I do at least a dozen a day. So she did my little nose swab and it just was no big deal. And I walked out of there and I felt like, okay, all of this is going to be okay. So we got through the COVID-19 test. We got through Lila's birthday. And even that day, I like woke up and was like, I'm going to make a cake. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. By the end of the day, Neil was talking me out of that. He was like, let's buy a birthday cake. Let me go pick one up I will up go somewhere. get you one. Yes. I will, buy, I will drive somewhere and we'll figure it out. Exactly. So even on Lila's birthday, though, I, I was having contractions that whole day. And if you've never had a contraction, this is the best way I can describe it. At least for me, this is what it feels like. It feels like my whole belly is on fire and I, I would feel it and it would like start a lot of times from my back and move to the front and it just felt like my whole belly was hot. Like it would get super hard and it would feel like it was literally on fire and that's pretty uncomfortable. But I, I felt like, okay, if we can just make it to the end of this day and we can give her a really good birthday, then even if I go into labor tonight, hopefully we can hold off until after midnight and not have this baby on the same day. I just didn't want them to have to share birthdays, if at all possible. So we made it through that night. I went to sleep, and I'm always nervous, too, like the night before a C-section. Am I even going to be able to sleep? Because you're kind of awake a lot after that. So it's like your last opportunity to get a decent night's sleep. But I did somehow get a decent amount of sleep. I remember you know, we got ready for bed, said prayers, and, you know, my alarm went off super early the next morning. And and then on your way to the hospital with a scheduled C-section, it is like the best day ever because three out of my four have all been right on schedule. Millie was the only one that came early unexpectedly. But for me, I'm like, I get up, I do my makeup and my hair, and I always get questions after, like, how do you look so good after birth? And I'm like, because I didn't really do anything. You know, you get to just kind of roll in. They do your C-section and a few minutes later you roll out and you're holding your baby. It's pretty amazing. So not to say that that's like the most ideal way to have a baby, but if you have to have a C-section for whatever reason, I want to debunk the myth that it's the worst thing ever because it's not, especially a scheduled C-section. It's so awesome. 
So this is what it looks like for a scheduled C-section. You basically roll in and it was a little bit different with COVID, but they check you in. And then this was the first time actually that we just sat and waited in the waiting room. That was a little bit weird, but we, yeah. we waited around and then they, you know, put me in the hospital gown and it's cool. You meet with your doctor first and the anesthesiologist. You just talk to them before any of it starts. And then once they've had a chance to have a conversation with you, make sure they understand what you want, you understand what they are going to need from you, then the nurses kind of start prepping you. And that was probably the only bad part of the whole day was... The joy of getting a needle jammed into your vein. Oh my gosh. And this is the second time this has happened with both Millie and Harry. For some reason, getting my IV was like super dramatic. Like the girl is just, anyway, I don't even know how to describe this, but it was a very unpleasant experience that ended with her saying, oh, sorry, that went through both ways of your yeah. vein. And I I mean, I think that, that this same thing happened last time. And so I think that where they went to do it was the, where the challenge was. I think that this gal seemed like she was pretty seasoned at it, but I think that that particular part in your arm for whatever reason. So I think just like... Both you know, times. I wish weird. I would have caught it and thought to speak up and be like, hey, why don't you try it in this area? They always do it here and it doesn't work. Let's try this other section. Well, I was bugged too because she didn't even say, oh, I'm sorry or anything. She just goes, oh, yeah, that happens sometimes. <laughs> just looking at her like, oh, can you make sure it doesn't happen when you try it again? It was really painful. I know that sounds super silly, but it was. It was like kind of miserable and painful. I kept going, ow, ow. Um, so we got through that though. The second time worked just fine. I got my IV in and then, uh, the anesthesiologist was a rock star. That is awesome. He was amazing. Yeah. He talked me through every teeny tiny little step. Okay. Now you're going to fill this current. Now you're going to fill that. So if you haven't had a C-section before and you're listening to this for whatever reason, wanting to know what to expect, at least for me, I've had a spinal block every time. So it's very actually similar to having an epidural from what I understand. So you just like lean over and you are like curving your back and then they kind You're of... sitting on a table, basically like the operating room table and then bending over and then they're running the block into your into your back, basically. So in most cases, you know, they'll they'll actually have you do your spinal block by yourself with like the nurse and anesthesiologist and then the support person, the dad or whoever you have there to be with you comes in. And they're pretty strict, at least with all the hospitals I've delivered at, that you can only have one support person. So that was something I was a little bit bummed about with Annabelle, but I just kind of got, I adjusted my expectations with all the other babies that we wouldn't be having like a birth photographer in the OR like I had originally hoped, thinking I was going to have a vaginal birth with Annabelle. So that's one thing that, I mean, with COVID, they were strict with everybody just having one support person. But if you weren't having a baby during a pandemic and you had a vaginal delivery, most of the time you can have like a birth photographer there. If you're having a C-section, typically that's not allowed. So after you get your spinal block, then your support person typically can come back into the room and then they get everything kind of rocking and rolling. But anyway, going back to the spinal block, I was super nervous about that. But let me tell you what that's like. With each one, I've been less and less nervous because I know what to expect. They have you lean over, they have you sit really still and you feel one like tiny, they call it like a pinch and a burn, like a tiny little numbing. What do you call that? I don't know. 
Pinch and a burn. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just like a tiny little numbing shot. It's teeny tiny, but you feel it. Like you'll feel it burning in your back and then you can't really feel anything. And then they do the big needle, I guess, that does, you know, gives you the actual spinal block. And it's actually pretty amazing. Like you can't feel anything from about your bra line down if it works right. And it's, I've had amazing anesthesiologists each time. I've been super grateful. So, um, but this one was particularly amazing. It's really nice if you get an anesthesiologist who will walk you through. And I would imagine too, you could always ask them at the beginning, can you just like walk me through what's going on so I know what to expect? But this guy was so great. He was like, okay, now you're going to feel this. Now you're going to feel that. And then they do all of these checks too. That was another thing I was terrified with Annabelle. Am I going to be able to feel everything? What if it doesn't work? What if all of a sudden they start cutting into me and I can feel it? They will do multiple checks to make sure that you're not feeling anything. And they'll say like, okay, your legs should start feeling heavy. Can you feel this? Can you feel that? Does this feel cold or hot? They'll, I would imagine they're using like ice or something, but they, they do all these things to check to see if you can feel things on your skin or, or your legs moving or whatever. And by the time it fully kicks in, you can't feel anything. But they will tell you, and this was weird the first time, and each time it, it always feels a little strange, but they'll tell you, you'll feel tugging, you'll feel pressure, but it won't hurt. And that's what it is every time, because as they start moving things around and trying to get to the baby, you'll feel, it's weird, like you'll feel your insides moving, but it doesn't hurt at all because you have that awesome spinal block. So, so maybe you can take it from here, Neil, and tell me what it's like for you watching your wife have a c-section and i would imagine that not everybody wants to watch but neil watches yeah. all, of our, all of our children's it just depends on if you're the type of person that's really queasy or like you get weirded out by the side of blood or anything like that you you probably don't want to test that one um it's probably not the time to be like hmm, i want to see if i can watch and maybe i'll be okay um <laughs> I am used to being in the OR. I used to sell medical devices like hips and knees and plates and screws and stuff like that. So I was in surgery all the time watching these like really, really intense, very invasive surgeries. And so it wasn't a big deal to me. It is a little weird when it's your spouse. That component's a little bit weird, but, uh, you know, not, not totally crazy. So I'm just huddled back with her kind of, if you can picture me, I'm just sitting basically next to her head. Um, on the side of the bed and then, you know, usually holding my hand, holding your hand. And then there's kind of like this drape that's, that's covering, um, it's like a little, basically like a sheet, like a medical sheet that they've got clipped up on two poles. So it's kind of like a little half tent. And then on the other side of the, the tent, you've got all of the medical staff who are performing the procedure. And it's like a lot of people that also kind of surprised me the first time. There's a whole crew. Right. You've got the doctor, your doctor, who's performing the C-section. And then there's always a backup doctor who's assisting yeah they don't ever just have one you've got i mean you've got like a a technician you've got circulating nurses you've got um i mean there's like a whole team which is great because it's like for everything that potentially could go wrong like they've got people there ready um you know so it's really good you know to have that there but yeah i mean you kind of see that whole process. And for me, I mean, I did like to kind of poke my head up every now and again and see like where they were at with it. And, and, but I think in general, I I think it's good just to kind of hang back and let them do, do their thing. And then they'll usually tell you like, Hey, you know, if you want to check this out or do you want to do this or, you know, you'll get the invitation to, you know, peak or, or whatever. And then depending on how you're feeling. 
you know, you can take that or not. Yeah, they've asked me at each birth too, do you want to watch mom? Like they'll say, we can either lower the drape or we can give you a mirror. And I'm always like, nope, no thanks. It's a little weird. <laughs> I don't want to see any of that. But I guess if you were the type of person that felt like you could handle it or that was interesting to you, you there. I think each time I've been asked if I wanted to watch it, which I've always said no. We got it started about an hour late. I think there was a case before me, but, you know, Neil's in there, like, texting my family, telling them, okay, you know, we're getting started now, and he's kind of keeping them up to date. And so we got started about an hour late, and, you know, Neil's texting my family, kind of giving them updates, telling them, okay, we're getting started, and it's cool. I feel like the jive of the medical team, too, was so great. They're, they're like, happy talking that always makes me feel kind of calm like okay if they're if they're just having regular conversations about you know hey how was your weekend how's everyone doing then it just makes me feel like everything's Everything's normal Yeah, yeah everything's going exactly the way it should and I remember that with my very first two with Dr. Terry kind of at first being like, oh my gosh, shouldn't they be paying more attention? And then I think you explained to me, no, that's a good sign. That's that- just the vibe. Yeah. We, you know, you got to keep in mind if these guys, this is like what they do all, all day, day, every yeah. day. So it's the same for when you go to work and, you know, maybe you're doing something technical. A lot of times you're like talking to people or asking questions or whatever. And then if there's a part for some reason that's like, you know, where you need 100% focus in, everyone kind of knows it. So they'll quiet down, you know, give you the the moment to focus in or you can, you can pick up on that vibe. But most of the time, like, you know, people, people are pretty accustomed to that situation. Right. So I guess what I'm getting at is if, if you go into, don't be freaked out. Yeah. If you go into a delivery room and, or a C-section specifically, and everyone's kind of casual and talking about their weekend or whatever. They're playing music. Not a bad sign. And I was just going to say, I love it when they play music all but one of my births, they've played music. And I had to ask for it with Millie. I said, can you turn on some music? And it just makes me feel calm. It makes me feel like there's a little bit of something else to listen to, not just like tools moving around and, you know, too much dead silent. Not, not that it's like dead silent, but just, it's just like calming to me to hear music. So I've even heard of doctors who can, and actually with this doctor, with Millie's birth, she said, do you have like a playlist or something you want us to turn on? And I said, no, just anything. And so they had the radio on this time again. It's funny that they have this like old school radio in there. Have you noticed that the last two births? Yeah, I didn't see. They have like a radio that looks like somebody bought it in the 90s. It's like this little black radio. Probably when they built the hospital, they got the equipment and left it in there. It looks like a boom box. Anyway, so both times they turned on this little radio and, you know, turned it on to literally an FM radio station. But I was cool with that. I like FM radio. So they had like Rock and Robin was playing when Harry was born. And it's just that's one part of it that I love to have like it just feels normal it feels good so you have told me a couple times though that you can see like our babies right before they're born tell me about like describe that it's really cool um the last two I've kind of done it I can just knowing and and kind of having a sense of where they're at in the surgery um, a lot of times right before when I can tell that they're getting you know in the dissection they're getting down into where they're they're getting close to the baby 
and they'll sometimes say it, you know, I'll pop my head up and kind of look and it's, it sounds really weird and maybe it might creep you out a little bit, but I mean, I can see like the baby in there, like they'll go, you know, grab, I remember seeing Millie, like they, she kind of pulled open, you know, the, the incision and I could, I peeked in there and I could just see Millie, like it was a little weird, like looking up at me. I'm like, this is crazy, but it was so cool. She was so like beautiful and like, it was amazing. And then with Harry, you know, they just kind of, kind of went in and grabbed them. And again, I think if, if you're the type of person that's a little weird about that, like don't chance it, but you know, if not weird, but like, if you get queasy, if you get sick, easily, like, yeah. or you get, you know, that kind of throws you, I, I wouldn't, you know, volunteer yourself for that. But for me, it wasn't a big deal. So I took the liberty of seeing the, seeing the babies come out. And didn't you say that you could see like the hair? Yeah, that was crazy. Um, like in the amniotic fluid with Millie, I look, you know, kind of looked down in and I could see her hair like floating in the amniotic fluid. Like it was, <laughs> it was crazy, but it was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So this time my doctor said that she reached in to get Harry and that she said that this has never happened to her, that he grabbed onto her hand, that she was going to pull him out and he just like his little hand like wrapped around her finger really tight and she said oh he's a feisty one and you know he came out and immediately started crying and the nurses said wow that's a demanding cry so they kept making little comments about like came out with authority yeah like this is a feisty one so that was fun and you know neil immediately started telling me oh he's super cute and you know he could see her and her this is what we're happens. We're just too used to having girls. This is what time. happens when you've had three girls. Anyway, so Neil could see Harry and just kept saying, oh, he's super cute. And then uh, my doctor, too, kind of peeked him around the curtain, kind of the, the drape or whatever. So I could see him really quick before they took him back to clean him off and get him all prepped and ready for me to hold him. But I got to see him just for a second, which I loved. I She's done that. My doctor's done that with our last two babies. And I've just loved that split second of being able to see the baby and then they basically they take the baby over and I every time I always tell Neil like yeah go go see him so they take the baby over and they're kind of cleaning him off you know putting a diaper on him weighing him measuring making sure everything's okay and then with this hospital they've allowed me to do skin to skin in the OR which is so cool which I've loved so that's definitely something you can ask for I mean, it's different than a vaginal birth. Like I know typical vaginal birth and many of my friends have told me this, that the baby will come out and they'll just like slap the baby right onto your chest. Like the second the baby comes out, it's not quite like that in an OR, you know, they'll take him over, clean him up a little bit, but within a few minutes, they'll bring him right over. If you want, they'll ask you, do you want to do skin to skin? And they'll bring him right over and put him on your chest. And I loved that. And with all of my uh, C-sections too. I've had total feeling in my arms. I've been fine. So I've been able to like hold them. And that's just such a special moment. Like, so what I remember specifically from Harry's birth is that, and I think it's been this way with each one you've gone over and you're kind of seeing him. And then usually yeah, Neil takes a couple pictures I'll for take me. some pictures while they're like weighing him and, and getting all the stats on him. And then at that point as well is, is usually they'll offer like, Hey, do you want to cut the cord? Which I've done every time. I'm like, ah, sure. It's kind of cool. Take a few pictures. And then once he's good, then it's like, they'll take him over to 
to you. But you've always brought the, like, usually you'll come over with the phone and show me pictures of the baby. Yeah, yeah. Once I get a few shots so that you can, I do feel kind of bad in those moments that I'm like, man, I'm, I'm feeling bad that you don't get like immediate, you know, immediately to see the baby. But it's okay. I think you just adjust your expectations. And for me, I've just, it's just kind of like part of the process, the process. now. Yeah. yeah. So, and I just remember Neil came over and showed me these beautiful pictures of Harry. And I couldn't believe that he was, I mean, I could believe it, but it was so, it was so special to see that he looked just like I had pictured him. And I had dreams about this baby, like more than one time before he was born. And each time he looked like Lila, he had dark, dark hair. And so Harry and Lila, seriously, they look like the same baby. Yeah. And then Millie and Annabelle, they look like the same baby, like a little bit lighter hair, a little bit lighter eyes. And then Lila and Harry, just every time I, I had a few dreams about Harry, he looked just like Lila, like this little boy with super dark, like almost black hair. And that's how he was when he was born. So that was like the the first time I saw that picture of him, I was like, oh my gosh, it's just like, he was just like he was in my dreams. So that was really special to see that. And then we told my family what we had named him. And that was another special, like emotional moment for me to know that my mom knew that we had named him after her dad and named him Harold David, you know, and his middle name was after Neil's brother, Dave. So that was a special moment. And then just getting to hold him. And so each time after we've had a baby in the OR too, Neil takes the baby and goes with the baby to recovery. And then I stay there in the OR and they're kind of like, you know, closing me up and getting everything buttoned up and put back together where it belongs. And I think that first time I kind of was like, wait, what's happening? We're all getting separated. No, we should be together. <laughs> and that again, that's just one of those like expectations that I've learned to adjust that right after you have a C-section baby, they want to take the baby back and get the baby comfortable and make sure that they're recovering well from the birth. And then, you know, it's a, like, I would imagine part of the reason why the mom stays back, it's not just like everyone's hanging out in that room is because they're able to care for baby a little bit better in the recovery room while I'm getting closed yeah. up. Well, it takes a while. I mean, you think of how invasive that is in that incision. Like it takes a while to close all that. There's like multiple layers of stitches that they're running and sutures and then to like kind of break everything down and clean everything up. And, you know, all of that takes a while. And so you don't want just to have the baby hanging out. So they'll take it back and um, to the recovery room. And then the baby, again, they kind of have like a little device that they'll put the baby in. There's like a warmer and then it'll take his, his temperature and they can kind of make sure that he's, you know, the baby's doing good. Um, and then you're just kind of hanging out for a minute until mom comes in. A warmer. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a light. It's got these like warming lights in the top of it. And so it warms them. And then, you know, if there's uh, for the jaundice as well, I think it'll help them. So the things you learn when you do a podcast. I know. It's just truths coming out left and right. So funny. So they wheel you back in to that recovery room. And so one of the best pieces of advice I ever got from the first nurse from Annabelle's birth, she was like, just wait, when you get up to your own room, they're going to want you to eat way sooner than you're ready. She was like, trust me, I've been doing this for however many years, like 40 years or something. She was like, don't eat, wait as long as possible. 
only take ice chips and try to wait until like dinner time to eat. And I was like, okay. And I've done that with each baby. And I think it really helps with, you know, letting the, yes. With the anesthesia, coming off anesthesia. Yes. And another thing that I forget every time until it starts happening is that my whole face itches like crazy. It's like an after like side effect of coming off the anesthesia. And I don't know if that happens with an epidural as well or not, but my face will just itch all day long. And it was so funny because with coronavirus you're like not supposed to touch your face and the nurses would come in to check me and I'd be like I'm sorry I'm touching my face but it itches so bad and they would just laugh and say no it's fine you're that's totally normal so but we just spent a little time in the recovery room and I just kept feeling so grateful like wow that was we kept looking at each other going that was such a smooth delivery like yeah, everything that went, went just like so textbook. well yeah and you know, at the hospital that I delivered at, at Hoke Hospital, they have like these beautiful ocean view rooms. And we were in one of those with Millie. And I think because there was just so much craziness leading up to Harry, I had so much stress with coronavirus, trying to not get coronavirus, you know, stressing about Neil being able to be in the delivery room with me, stressing about, will they take my baby away from me if I get coronavirus? I just had so many stresses. And then with you know, having all those contractions for a week and a half before, having Lila's birthday the day before. There just were so many factors that by the time I was holding him in my arms and it was real and everything had gone well, I just was like, I don't even care what room they stick me in. Like, I just want to feel, you know, I just, I just felt so much gratitude in that moment that everything had come together and everything went so well. So, you know, they transferred us back to our own room maybe like an hour later. You know, they keep you in recovery yeah, for— Yeah, it takes a while for everything to kind of Maybe in. even like two hours. It's kind of a blur. I don't it's know. It's probably about an hour. Yeah, you just kind of hang out And then after in being in recovery for an hour and, and when you're ready, then they'll wheel you back up to your, your actual room where you'll be for the remainder of your stay. Yeah. And one thing that was super different with having a COVID baby also was that you know, our kids couldn't come meet Harry. And I actually kind of of liked that. (laughs) And I know for some people that's such a bummer. But for me, I was like, man, with Millie, it was so stressful to have Neil going back and forth and bringing the kids and having them climb all over me. And I was worried about them like sitting on my incision or pulling out one of my, you know, my IV or doing something like that. And they, you know, you put little kids in a room with like beeping machines and they're just going to like, they want to touch everything. And it was so stressful. Like I said, with Millie, that with Harry, it was actually kind of nice to be like, well, sorry guys, you know, you'll meet him in two days when we go home. And they got to see him on FaceTime. We put him on FaceTime and they, they got to see him and they were so excited and we sent them pictures, but it was kind of nice to have just time with Neil and me and Harry and be able to just rest and recover. And I love my time in the hospital though. I am one of those that's like, you're going to have to kick me out of here because I, I love feeling just like safe and taken care of. And And I think we made that mistake. The first with Annabelle is like, you know, it was like, we tried to get out as quickly as possible. Yeah. And then as soon as we got home, I was like, man, what did we do? Because suddenly there's not a nurse there. There's not somebody there that I can hit a button and they come in. Like you just had a C-section, you're trying to get up. And like, it, it just, I quickly realized how difficult 
that transition would be. And and I think we kind of learned to wait until we're ready. Obviously, you've got protocols. And with COVID, they changed it a bit. So well, we they, went home a lot quicker yeah, than we usually Yeah, they sent do. me home at 48 hours, which is the fastest I've ever gone home. And in retrospect, I, you know, I think if I had asked for it, they would have let me stay. But it was complicated because it was Mother's Day. And I wanted to see my kids that day. Honestly, if it had been any other day, they asked me, like, are you ready to go home? I may have said, I would like one more day just because it's, it's brutal going home and you're going, you know, walking up a long flight of stairs and all the things we'll have to do another, a separate episode on postpartum because that's been a wild journey too. But just speaking to the birth and the birth story, this was such a magical experience. It was just everything that I could have hoped for on that day. It just felt so special. I was just full of gratitude that whole day, feeling like I'm so grateful that everything went so smoothly, that we had such competent doctors and nurses and people who really cared about giving us the best medical care possible. And it was really special too, to be able to like FaceTime my parents and Neil got to FaceTime his family and FaceTime our kids. And so grateful for technology too, that it connects all the people that we love in those moments when we can't be together. So anyway, thanks you guys for hanging out with us this week. And I hope you enjoyed hearing little Harry's birth story. And if you happen to know someone who ends up needing a C-section for any reason and they're nervous, you know, maybe this podcast can help ease their mind as far as what to expect. And um, we'll have to do, we will definitely do a follow-up episode too on postpartum because that's been kind of a wild ride so far and I definitely feel like I'm not even close to being out of the woods but we wanted to share this little birth story with you guys so I hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you again here next week thanks so much for listening to mint arrow messages make sure you follow us on instagram at mint arrow subscribe to our apple podcasts and rate and review us if you like us And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.